You're listening to Southeastern Flies, The Angler's Influence. So, well, to go way back, um, I don't know if I think I mentioned in the roll cast thing, but I grew up in southwest Oklahoma, grew up on a farm, and that's probably why Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite shows, because that's kind of, that was sort of my life, uh, very similar to that. So, um, you know, in a small town, you're, you're either doing sports, and then there's like kind of the weird kids that did music and I was kind of caught in between like I was pretty good at baseball but I also was like in the marching band you know like during football season I would pull my pads out and go out and you know play in the marching band because it's just a tiny school but um so I started piano when I was five and um I I was classically trained up until I was uh, about 15 and um and that's sort of when I discovered drums, and I probably discovered it way before that, but I started really harassing my parents, you know, about getting a drum set. And they finally gave in, and so I started playing drums and uh, quit doing piano, and man, that's all I did. I would play hours. So don't you yeah. think you're, I play drums too, Okay, and I think my parents were saints. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't think about it until you have your own kids, and you're like, man, my parents, they really loved me to yeah, do that. Because, yeah. you know, it's one thing to pick an instrument, you know, that actually makes music, but it's another thing just to hear bashing for hours on end. Yeah, like you put on a, at the time, like I'd put on like a record. Exactly. And play the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it got to where my parents were like, hey, we're going on a walk, you need to play, you need to be done by the time we yeah. get back. yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I think I can get this one yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you he, played that Rush track that went a little, little it, bit longer, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you know, so that really my whole life, that's all I've truly known and, and was really passionate about was was music. So to make a very long story short, I went on a music scholarship to, to college in Tulsa. And um, a couple of years into that, I, I met what would have been my future bandmates. We did a couple of battle of bands, won those there, kind of got some buzz going around Tulsa. And we just kind of had one of those moments where we're like, you guys want to just try this and go for it? And, you know, we're young and we're like, sure, let's do it. And so... We met what we thought was a manager. You know, we're young. We don't know anything. (laughs) We're super green. Uh, She kind of roped us in to coming to Nashville, in which we did. We moved here in uh, 2004. We rehearsed like a full year before we ever played out, you know, because we're probably we were really intimidated just being in Nashville, just all the great players. And we're like, if we're going to do this, like we need to be as good as we can. Yeah, there's some serious. <laughs> yeah, there there are. And uh, so I would say sometime in 2005, we started playing out and um, we started selling out this club called 12th and Porter, which was kind of our old haunt, I guess you could say. And we would play there. And then we'd also play at this place called On the Rocks, which isn't there anymore either. And On the Rocks would pay us a little bit of something to play and we would take all that money and we would throw it into production and try to have a really big show at 12th and Porter so we'd have lights and oh yeah try to look bigger than we were so anyway fast forward a couple years we just did that and people kept coming and pretty soon uh labels started coming around and we ultimately signed with Universal Records in 2007 and so I have done that full-time up until a couple of years ago as far as a full-time gig. So it was cool. So let, let's go ahead and welcome everybody in to, yeah. to uh, 
Southeastern Fly, the angler's influence, and we're talking with Tate Cunningham of Moonshine Rods. Uh, and this is prior to Moonshine, I guess, that you were doing this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was the name of the band? Safety Suit. Safety Suit. Okay. Yep. So I uh, full disclosure again, I listened to some of this, some of the music uh-huh. uh, before we we before we started talking here, and it's good stuff. Thanks, man. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, we had some we had some good stuff, and like any band, some not good stuff. But uh, you know, we uh, it was fun. We got to see the world and play with a lot of cool bands, and it was a great time. So who all y'all who, who did y'all open for bands? I guess. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we mostly opened because we you know we weren't by the end we weren't like a small band, but we were never like a household name. So we were constantly opening up for acts like you know anywhere from you know if I go back early like Three Doors Down and Daughtry to uh, the Script. Um, you know we did a lot of MWR tours, which is. Most people know USO tours mm-hmm. for the military. We did a lot of those, um, which were great. So, yeah, a l- little, little bit of everything, I guess you could say. So uh, so here's something that this is, we're going to stick on the music theme just for a second. Okay. And we'll get into the fly fishing. But so is it more important to play really good or be tolerable on the bus? Oh, tolerable, hands down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, people, people, um, musicians out there, they, they get hired not because they're the best player. They get hired because they're a good hang. I mean, if you think about it, you know, you play 90 minutes a night if you're the headliner. You know, the other, uh, what is that, 22 and a half hours in the day, Yeah, you're with your bandmates. So you have to have that pretty well figured out or it's not going to be pleasant. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you're missing wives in a confined space or girlfriends, whatever it is, in a bus or a van or and, you know, both, in our case, you need to like each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had heard that, and I can think of some of the people that I had played in bands with. And yeah. I think, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, mm-hmm. we couldn't ride from the house to the to the high yeah. school gym without having a little bit of an argument. And I'm like, man, oh, I yeah. couldn't imagine riding halfway across the country with, with them. So. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's, I mean, I don't know any band that doesn't walk out unscathed to some degree but um you know we've been able to you know come away from that and we're all still friends and Good for you. still making music now so it's it's fun so uh did you start fishing while you were playing or did that come later let's talk yeah about that. Just- <clears throat> So, I, I mean, I guess the roots of fishing was, you know, the farm pond in Oklahoma with my dad. And, um, and, and also my grandma used to take me and my cousin fishing all the time. But that wasn't fly fishing. Uh, just, you know, regular bluegill and bass and things like that. Catfish, certainly. And, you know, that was a lot of fun. So that's kind of where my love for fishing came from. But, you know, I go to college and come to Nashville. And that sort of evolved into I played golf a lot. Sorry. Um, yeah, with my buds. <laughs> and um, I want to say it was about 2008 or nine. I was in Colorado Springs on tour, and I had a day off. And one of my old college buddies, he's like, hey, let's. you want to go fly fishing? I'm like, sure, that'd be great. Let's let's try this out. So he took me to a place called Decker's. <laughs> he probably know Decker's. Yeah, you, he ruined your life, didn't he? He pretty much did. <laughs> you know, he had all this gear, which I've never, you know, I'm thinking fishing, like, you know. Give me a, a rod and a hook, you know? Yeah, where's the Folgers game? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so he pulls out all this gear, and, you know, I put on waders and, you know, this pack of, you know, box of flies with a pack and just all these different things. And now I'm standing in the middle of this pristine river, and I just kind of look around, and I'm just like, what is this, you know? And uh, it's pretty much been downhill ever <laughs> since. Oh, I get it, yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's where it started, and those clubs have collected dust. Yeah. Now you're now you're into rods. So now you're yep. you're one of the owners of Moonshine Rods. 
that yes, right? Yes, yeah, okay. partner, so yep. Three three of y'all? There's three of us, yep. Okay. How long have y'all been around? Uh, a little over two years. Um, I was actually still with my band when Nick called me, you know, after they had uh, got out of the pipe business, and he's like, what do you think about fly rods and all this? So he just, you know, not that I'm the sage in fly fishing at all, because I'm not. I certainly knew a little bit more at that time, and so he kind of just started asking me about fly rods, and that's, at that time, he's talking to his brother, and that's kind of when it all came together. So, and you said, yeah, I, f- I fished at Decker's, so. Yeah. Yeah. I fished at Decker, so. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That qualifies me to be an expert. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Fished there a whole day. Yeah. Exactly. You need to know. Right. Yeah. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So, your grandparent, your grandmother, you said, your dad, Uh Tarn Ponds, started you fishing. So, and then who was it that took you fly fishing for the first time? What was their name? His name was Jared Newman. So, that was just kind of that day, and we went our separate ways. So, I guess. You know, I can't remember all the details, but I, I would have come off of that tour and probably had several weeks off. And I went to a couple places to sort of inquire about it. And I ultimately landed at Cumberland Transit. Right. So for the folks that aren't from Nashville, Cumberland Transit is yep. a, uh, they have a fly shop in there. They have bikes. They have uh, running. They're all around sports yeah. and outdoors and just a really got a really good uh selection of a lot of different things there's a coffee shop there that's right yeah yeah, yeah. they they have a little bit of everything in it and it has a really cool vibe to it it makes you feel like you're not in downtown nashville yeah right yeah, yeah it does i, I really it? love it yeah yeah so you end up in there i end up in there and i meet um ronnie and leo uh, for for those that are local, known as Grumpy, yeah. most of you know him. Yeah. If uh, if you've been in there, and man, I tell you, they were <laughs> looking back. I mean, they were so helpful and patient with all my newbie questions, and and they got me hooked up with the right gear and all those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I, I would just go in there sometimes when I was off tour, just to hang out and drink coffee with the two of them. And <laughs> you know, Grumpy was always, you know, I, I would I would inquire about, hey, where should I go fishing? And he would pull out this map, you know, of the Teleco or something. And he'd be like, you see those blue lines right there? (laughs) That's about as much as he gave me. I think he wanted me to suffer a little bit, which I think uh, was good. Yeah, I think we all need to suffer a little bit and just see if you're going to make it. And if you suffer enough and you're still around, then you're going to be fine. That's right. I totally agree with that. Yeah, so. Leo. Leo was always the king of the soft tackle if you're fishing tailwaters. Mm -hmm. Dude, he could, and I miss him. I do. I really miss Leo. He He was, was a good man. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he would always say, here, try the soft tackle, or, yeah. you know, I try this there below Joel's. He would always okay. say, I was fishing below Joel's. <laughs> here, you need one of the, you need some, take some of these, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And he would be right most of the time. I mean, we had our, we had our <clears throat> moments to where we wouldn't always agree on things, but uh-huh. I, I never felt like he, he always, always treated me well, mm-hmm. probably better than I deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I miss him. Yeah. So they start they start working with you a little bit. And it's always uh-huh. good to have a fly shop, isn't it? That'll yes, kind of help you help you. So they're good to have around because absolutely, especially when you're new. Because I, I I get it now that I've fished a few years. It's just you know it takes a little bit of patience to answer all those kinds of questions. And man, I'm certainly grateful for all the time they gave me with those. So they were a great resource and and good friends. Yeah. 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 I fished with Grumpy a couple years ago now. Uh-huh. It's been two summers ago, and we had just we've had some really fun days on the water. Yeah. I mean, he's fun to fun to be around, <laughs> yeah. dry sense of humor and that sort of thing, and yeah, very knowledgeable. Uh-huh. Uh, and you you can kind of you can kind of trust that he isn't going to give all your secrets away. You know? right, and that's right. always you know for that's, whatever for whatever a secret is worth. You know, yeah. these days I think everybody yeah. kind of knows, but right. 
So as you start down this road now, you've got uh, you've got some some fishing experience. My sacrificed you in the, in the water, and then yeah. uh, you hooked up with Grumpy and, and Leo. And, yep. And let's let's move on from there. And okay. Tell me tell me what uh, what happened kind of next. So I met. Um, you know, they kind of gave me the information. I, I hadn't fished with them or anything like that. I, I mean, I've fished with them since. But at that time, I met some other folks that were also in the music business that fly fished. And so I got hooked up with uh, a guy named Ryan Lampa and a guy named Tim Rosenau. Um, Ryan did front of house for Toby Mac for a long time. I don't think he's doing that now. And Tim plays guitar. So Tim, Tim was kind of the first guy that really took me, like, let's go to the Caney. We're going to wade and he's, he's, he's really a great teacher in terms of just patience and like, here's what you do. And just kind of showed me the basics, you know, starting with a nymph rig and, you know, figuring out my men's and trying to make a cast without getting a bird's nest, which, you know, <laughs> for anybody that starts, it's going to happen. You're, you're either in the trees or you've got a big bird's nest there. But um, yeah, I would say Tim, Tim was the one that really kind of got me going and actually put hand to rod you know so let's talk let's talk okay. about that just a minute so he, he what did he teach you let's talk about uh uh-huh. the cast and you said he were getting some bird's nest was was there something in particular that he showed you or did he really let you work it out for yourself and just kind of yeah. point things out i'm pretty sure i just wasn't letting that back cast fully load the rod before coming forward you know and you jerk it right if you don't let it load and then it's just like you snap the line and it's just like a mess so yeah i mean what i remember about those early years uh tim was just um really working on getting those men's right and just having that dead drift and <laughs> man i'm still trying to do that today you know getting that perfect drift but uh you know basic stuff like knots you know he helped me with you know from knots to flies to to casting so it's kind of a little bit of uh everything 101 you know yeah that's good i had a book somebody gave me a book Uh i think it was fly fishing 101 or something like that but yeah i also had that same person doing exactly what you're talking about it's it's the guy that'll that'll or the person i guess i should say that takes the newbie and says okay Mm -hmm. i'm gonna help this one even if it kills me yeah i'm gonna help them and at least get them to a point where they're they're somewhat proficient on their own yeah yeah he he was certainly helpful and patient and and i'm i'm grateful for that yeah and so guitar players probably are pretty good you know at at doing it i think of my brother as the guitar player in the family and i don't Uh know if i could not so sure he could teach me to do something like fly fish but he did teach me some (laughs) guitar some guitar uh, chords and stuff one time in a real easy way so i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt but (laughs) so your your tim is um Tim is helping you. Yep, Tim's helping me. And, um, uh, you know, from those relationships, I certainly met other guys on the river and just, you know, other people that like to fish and would just go as much as I can. You know, I had a, a guy named Weldon who wasn't as much of a fly fisherman, but he helped me get like a boat put together and things like that. And, man, I, you know, the benefit of being in the music business is you would work a lot, but then you would come home and have several weeks off downtime so especially like that 2009 to 2000 you know 12 period i would be on the water like as much as possible so i think it was a lot of trial and error more than anything and certainly youtube videos to um you know going back earlier than that like the orvis guide to fly fishing you know i learned a lot of stuff from that early on with tim um but yeah it's just spending time on just spending time on the water yeah asking questions and figuring it out fishing with somebody a little bit better than you absolutely yeah Yeah. i think and i think we've maybe the past three Uh podcasts now we've talked about what's helped and Uh and somewhere along the line somebody has somebody just like you're talking about this just a this better than them 
and it's okay to admit it and then you just they're willing to give knowledge and you're willing to soak it up and it's a good relationship and you have something very much in common absolutely yeah that's the fun thing about fly fishermen and you know meeting them you you know like when you're out and you see a guy wearing a sims hat and an orvis hat you just kind of like give him a nod you yeah know, because it's, you just know what's up and that's that's what i love about fishing it's just you can come from all kinds of backgrounds and um certainly there's the ego side of fishing which we don't have to get into but like it's just fun when people can come together and be like let's go fishing you know yeah love that yeah let's let's fish yeah let's- I'm I'm pretty lucky I get to fish with a lot of different people and when you yeah. go in it with that attitude it yeah. makes for such a as we call it, that's a good boat. Yeah. I mean that means that everybody mm-hmm. in there is kinda of on the same page and yeah. we're all out there to have fun. Absolutely. We all want to catch a bigger fish than anybody else <laughs> and more, but uh-huh. still it's it's still you know, it's still okay yeah. that 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 your buddy maybe he does or she does catch ones that's a little bit bigger right we don't want it to be too much bigger <laughs> not too much yeah. but yeah and we want our boat to catch more and, and bigger ones than anybody else on the river yeah. that day that's so, right yeah. yeah i could have a day out there and not do very well and i'm just i'm just grateful to be out you yeah know? and if i have a great day then awesome but just being out there is half of it for me yeah every time so as you as you move along mm-hmm. uh, when did you so you're fishing right along about this time how'd you get into moonshine <clears throat> as i was saying earlier you know when i was on the road nick called me who's our ceo this is one of the two brothers that started the company and just kind of was talking to me about it and asking questions about rods and i told him what i knew which probably wasn't a ton but probably a little bit more than he knew and they started that company um jonathan started in his garage turning real seats and putting stuff together and and at that time you know i I was kind of winding down what i was doing musically mainly because i was starting to have a family i had a well now he's five and a half but at, at the time i guess he would have been three years old and then we had a daughter on the way. So it was sort of manageable with one kid at right. home. And, and my wife, by the way, is a rock star. I mean, she she completely supported me and was happy to do what she was doing. But once baby number two came, it was just a whole other ball, ball game as far as bandwidth. And, you know, we were where it kind of came to a head. We were on a Goo Goo Dolls tour, which was like seven weeks long and um summer which is my daughter she was a newborn and man seven weeks without daddy around that kind of took its toll and um so we kind of just both knew and and some of my bandmates too that were, were starting to have children and it was just like you know this is just it's a lot and you know most bands have so much of a shelf life but i mean your family that that's forever so we decided that we need to slow down and so uh, sorry this is a really long story no, it's okay uh, to that's, answer that's that cool. question so this would have been uh 17 then i started 2017 i started talking with uh nick and moonshine is just taken off i mean it's growing like crazy and he's like man this would actually be a great time if you're interested in coming in with us because i told him you know hey here's what i'm thinking with music i'm starting to look for different things and and so i started working with those guys and and this last year i mean we we really blew it out so it's it's been great so that's kind of the the evolution of my story and then tie, tying into moonshine yeah. and then tying your fly fishing into it now and yeah most people think oh i'm gonna, gonna get in this rod company and yeah. have all this time to fish and yeah the next thing you know a whole year's passed by and you've been putting rods in tubes oh, and man. shipping them out the door oh and- yeah that's i mean i i'm very grateful that i got to sort of pivot into another passion being fly fishing but you know the the vast majority of my time i'm i'm in my little office and i'm working behind the computer and 
taking care of people and you know basically doing all of our operations for the company so there's not a whole lot of water time but uh hopefully that'll change this year a little bit more right so y'all went to colorado back the last this past summer is that right? yes sir yeah. so um so i'm I, the past five years i've been in colorado i i've worked with uh an outfit called Project Healing Waters, if you've heard yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. So I've been involved with the Colorado chapter for the past five years. So that's kind of how I've always ended up in Colorado and fished a lot of places like, you know, everywhere from Bailey's, Bailey area to um, 11 Mile Deckers, um, Cheeseman, um, Dreamstream, all those kind of places. So I would go up there for Project Healing Waters, and then I was back there this fall, and we shot sort of a couple of, um, I guess you could say commercials, but more just sort of like, cool shoots for the rod company so you know project healing waters is another influence mm-hmm. if you will for anybody that's listened to to the podcast or talked to me or, mm-hmm. or watched the facebook live i mean project healing waters is a big deal to me always good to support them whether it be you know here in middle tennessee or wherever you happen to be mm-hmm. it's just what a it's a great organization that that has a, a really good outcome for folks it does. <clears throat> and can I tell you a story really, yeah. really quick? Oh, absolutely. I, I'll never forget my first year doing that. You know, we were kind of put into teams. You know, it was it was sort of a tournament, but, you know, it's more tongue-in-cheek. It's not really a tournament. We're just getting out there having fun. But I, I got paired with this guy who, you know, they told me this guy had PTSD, and it was very clear at the beginning when we all met, you know, before we were fishing, like he – he seemed like he didn't want to be there. He was very uncomfortable. And I'll never forget, we got out on the water, and it was maybe like 10, 15 minutes in. He was like a completely different guy, and it was like one of the best days of his life. I mean, that's what he told me. It was just like a total escape for him, and he's never experienced anything like that. And I was like, wow, this this organization's awesome. This makes a big difference for a lot of folks. So, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll always support those guys. I've had very similar experiences <clears throat> mm. uh, with with the, I don't know how many years I've done it, but mm-hmm. several. And each year, the folks that are in the boat with me mm-hmm. are a little bit different in yeah. different ways. With with uh, come from different backgrounds, different sure. situations. And uh, but at the end of the day, we're all friends. I mean, yeah. if I were to see one right now, I would think that we would we would catch right back up. Mm-hmm. You know where we where we dropped off, and we would have something very much in common to talking about. And that yeah. would be the day that we were able to spend on the water, whether it had been a great day or not mm-hmm. so great day. We were able to come back to that. So yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, Project Healing Waters is is a, a a big deal in my book anyway. Yes, sir. I so, agree. So after you're uh, learning to fly fish, you hook up with somebody that decided to take some time with you mm-hmm. and any other influences out there that uh, that have really moved you man i really enjoy the john gyrock books i don't know if i'm saying that last name yeah right yeah. is it gyrock it's it's Garrick, gyrock Garrick, okay gyrock. i mean i've, I've heard, heard a few different ways i don't know which is right but yeah you know i got a, a few of his books early on and then i found like this random estate sale that was in i guess it was advertised out of colorado and i got like all these first edition books that were like signed by him because he's from uh i don't know if he's from there but i think he lived in like lyons colorado yeah. does yeah. that sound right yep and so I got this awesome collection of books. So I really enjoy the books. You know, that's, I, I guess you could count that as a influence, but it certainly made me more passionate about fly fishing and just loved the stories and, you know, the little nuances of just fly fishing, you know, that he would talk about was really cool. I think probably one of my, well, not one of, but the mo- the favorite for me, the favorite short story uh-huh. essay is Camp Coffee. 
Cam Coffee. Yeah, okay. I think that's probably my favorite one, and and I probably need to go back and read it again. Yeah, yeah, that that one. I'm like, okay, I can get into that. <laughs> yeah, know, that one's that's kind of. Yeah, I I don't think I've read the Camp Coffee one. Is oh, that one of his earliest? I can't one? remember which book it's in. Okay, uh, and it may be in more than. Oh, one. it's an excerpt in yeah. the book. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it seems like it's up toward the front of one of the books. I've okay. got the book at home. I just need to pull it off the yeah. shelf. I bet it's been seven or eight years, maybe yeah. ten years since I've read it. But Same for me. It's it's been a while. So those uh, are easy books to go back to and pick mm-hmm. up and. And you know you don't have to read the whole thing. Right. I, I got his newest one for Christmas, and I just haven't. Okay, I haven't had time to do it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm one of those guys that starts a couple books and just I don't have the bandwidth to. You know, I'm just worn out from my kids or work, and it's like I'll make it through a few, maybe a couple chapters, and then I'm done. And but, that, his books are good that way because if you yeah. make it through a couple chapters, you've read a couple of different stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, Tate. It, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a long time in the making with with Christmas season yeah. and all being so busy and and uh, but I've 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 uh, enjoyed sitting here talking with you. We did a uh, and folks will hear this probably later in the year, but we did roll cast before we did uh, did this uh, this recording. That was pretty fun. So yeah, hopefully y'all can y'all can listen to that once it comes out. But uh, I appreciate you stopping by and hey, thanks for having me. We'll see you next time.